name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So my goal as your priest, the same goal for myself as a priest, is, in, in, even in my own life, is to be able to, myself and all of us, to show up on Judgment Day in front of God with empty hands. And what I mean by that, they may, they, that might sound a little bit weird, but my hope would be that when we get to heaven and God says, what have you done? To me and to all of us, he'll say, what have you done? And that we would show up and say, I've done nothing. I have empty hands. And the reason we want that is because there's a difference when we say, I've done this, versus God, my goal is that we show up to heaven and say, God, I, I've done nothing. I have empty hands. But God, I can tell you what we've done together. Because there's a difference there. If I'm rattling off a bunch of things that I have done, God will say, that's rooted in you. But if I'm able to say, God, I have nothing. I have empty hands in this world. I've done nothing good. But together, we've done a lot. There's a big difference there. If we say what I have done, that's called striving. This is what I've done, God. But if we say this is what we've done together, this is called different than striving. It's striving, but it's also abiding. So how do I strive and abide? And there's a difference between just striving, me, 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 this is what I've done, I gotta hustle, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, versus I have to work, I have to strive, but also I have to abide. And what does that mean? Striving by itself, right? It's not good. Striving by itself, to, de to define the word striving, it means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain something, right? If I'm striving to get rid of this sin, it's really rooted in myself. I want to accomplish this. I want to have this fundraiser. I want to bring people closer to God. Well, if I'm just striving and doing that to accomplish that by myself, that's not good. It's not good. It bears no fruit. So yes, we're called to strive, but not by itself. Striving and abiding together is a totally different story. If we look at the word abiding, the word abiding in Latin means house. And so to abide means, God, you dwell in me. God, you dwell in me. When I was baptized as a little child, I received the Holy Spirit. God is with me. He is in my house. And I am in his house. We are one. Every time we come to Mass and we receive Holy Communion, we're receiving Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We are inviting him into our house, which is the house that he's given us, and we become one. So to abide is to mean I, we live together. We're part of the same family. We're under the same roof. So I strive, yes, I want to accomplish this, but I abide because I live with you, God, and you will do it with me together versus me doing it just by myself. And I think we're really good at striving. We live in this culture, right? We live in the United States. We live in this culture. We live in this society which says, the more you do, the more valuable you are. The more efficient you are, the greater you are. The more you accomplish, the more you produce, you're doing excellent. So it's like we're almost conditioned, myself included, to just strive, 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 strive. And we're striving doing good things. But are we abiding? Because again, if we show up, to heaven on our judgment day and we say to God look at how I strived he's going to say that was you that was rooted in your selfishness it's not something we did together 
In today's gospel, we hear about two men, right? These two men. We're told two people went up to the temple area to pray. Temple is where Jews uh, worship God. One was a Pharisee, the other one was a tax collector. So far, so good. Both show up to the temple. They both went to go pray. So far, we're in good shape. But the story becomes pretty disastrous as we go on. What's most important from this parable is that one left the temple justified and the other one did not. In order to understand what justified means, to be justified means to be forgiven for your sins. So both walked into the temple, both went to go pray, both wanted to be justified, but one left unjustified and the other one left justified. One left with his sins forgiven and God hearing him and the other one did not. The Pharisee, why? The Pharisee was a religious man. I would say we're all pretty religious here. He did great things. He gave money to the poor. He fasted twice a week. He basically did a very, very great things. But he left with his sins not forgiven. God did not acknowledge him. God was basically saying, I don't know you. He left the temple with the same sins that he walked into the temple with. Why? is because he was striving only. He was only striving. And we know that he was only striving and not striding and abiding, right? We live under the same house, God, I abide in you. We are one. And that's why I've been able to accomplish good things is because we know he was only striving, not abiding, is because of what he says. Right, what does he say? He actually, if we paid attention, and we probably have heard this before, when he prays, he's actually not praying to God. What it says in the gospel says, the Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. He thought he was talking to God. He was actually talking to himself. That's how self-absorbed he was. That's how much self-reliance he had. And what does he say? He starts all these laundry lists of accomplishments that I have done, I have done, I have done. He says, oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity. I am not greedy. I'm not dishonest. I'm not an adulterer. Or I'm not even like this tax collector. As if he accomplished that. As if he is God. And he left unjustified. He left with God not hearing his prayer. There's no humility in what he was saying. Basically, what he was saying is, I thank you, God, that I do not need you because I am good. We didn't hear those words in the gospel. But in other words, what he's saying is, I thank you, God, that I don't need you because I'm doing just good. I'm doing just fine. I don't think we ever say those words, but our actions and how we live our lives, we can fall into that as well. We can say the same exact thing without actually uttering those words. The person striving doesn't say that. But again, it's very much rooted in self-reliance. You know, I live my life in self-reliance. I've done this. I got to finish this. I have to do that. And we leave unjustified. When we become self-reliant, me, 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 I become self-righteous. That's the danger we become with self-reliance. If I'm only striving, 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 it's rooted in self-reliance. And if I'm rooted in self-reliance, I'm going to feel self-righteous. Look how good I'm doing. Look how poorly you're doing. Like this Pharisee said about the tax collector. A lot of self-righteousness. I'm good, you're not. Get on my level. 
The tax collector, on the other hand, left the temple justified because he realized that he was striving, which wasn't working, and that he needed to start abiding in God as well. He comes to this conclusion. He's coming to God, and what does he say to God? It says, But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise, raise his eyes to heaven, but instead he beat, his, he beat his chest and prayed, Oh God, be merciful on me, a sinner. He's realizing what I've been doing isn't working. I'm a tax collector. I'm not a good guy. He knew it. He owned it. I'm a sinner, but have mercy on me. I'm tired of striving is what he's saying. I can't do this. Look at my life. It's a mess. I have a lot of money, but the people around me hate me. My own people, the Jewish people, they can't stand me. I become greedy. I become X, Y, and Z. It's not working. I'm tired of striving. I need to start abiding in you. Have mercy on me. I need you. You're my strength. And God says, you finally get it. You need me. You're justified. I hear you. So what does this look like? Right? We all want to strive, which means we have to work. But we also have to abide. We have to live in one house with God. Because some of us, again, our, our lives look a little bit differently. We say we abide, but we're really just only striving. Some of us, our lives look a little divided. We're striving, 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 striving. We come to Mass on Sunday. We strive and hustle and bustle throughout our day. We say our prayers at night. We do this, that, and this, another thing. We serve our families. And then I talk to God a little bit. So what does this look like to do both? The best example is I was thinking about this because I too, I, I strive. I need to abide a little bit more. So what does this look like? And the, 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 uh, the example that I, that I was looking at is someone like a farmer. We need to be more like farmers. We're not familiar with agriculture. We're not familiar with farming per se unless we've studied it. But we kind of know the basics of what a farmer does. And that's what a farmer does. He strives, he works, but he abides as well. What does that look like, right? A farmer is God-reliant, uh, God, not, God not self-reliant. Farmers are not interested in productivity, just striving, 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 striving. Farmers, they're interested in fruitfulness. I want to bear fruit. I want good fruit from my crops. A farmer tills the ground, he plants the seed, he adds water, and then God is the one who is in charge of making it grow. That's what a farmer does. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'll till the ground. I'll get the machinery out. I will, put the, I, will, I will get the seeds. And I will water. And I will make sure there's, 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 there's sunlight. But God, it depend, the rest depends on you. You produce the fruit, God. That's being God-reliant versus self-reliant. A farmer cannot make the fruit grow. He can't. He can do his part and strive. But he has to abide with God. And it's a journey. It's not instantaneously. That journey for the good crop to come is great at that time, but it's a journey. If the farmer starts digging up the ground and start picking the fruit and it's not, and it's not ready to be eaten, then people get sick. No one's going to want his fruit. But we're impatient. 
And we want the fruit now. And if you don't give it to me now, I'll have to take matters into my own hands, God. You're wasting my time. I need to be productive. I need to strive. Hurry up. As if we work on his timetable. Or, I'm sorry, he works on our timetable versus us working on his timetable. So again, just practically speaking, how do we do this? What does this look like? I'll just give a few examples and we'll wrap up. The person striving and abiding, right? I, I work, I strive to achieve something, whether it's sin in my life, to overcome a sin in my life, whether it's family, whether it's whatever it may be. This person who's striving working and abiding. God, we are part of the same house. You dwell in me and I dwell in you. You are the roof of my home. Without a roof, it's a disaster. The person striving and abiding does not, take some notes, does not force things to happen. They don't force things to happen. God, you and I will do this together and whatever happens, happens. I'm studying for an exam, I will study for my exam, I will strive, I will try to get the good grade, I will get a tutor if I need to. But God, I'm abiding in the same house with you, we're part of the same family, we're in the same neighborhood. The results are yours, I've done my part. I don't force things to happen, I don't cheat to get that good grade, I don't, competitive, I don't work in a competitive way which hurts my neighbor and my classmates. Another sign, the person striving and abiding asks for God's graces always. I'm not very good at this. And I share that with you so you realize that we're not very good at this. Are we asking for God the graces throughout the day? To ask for God's graces saying, I need you. But then we don't ask for the graces. We fail miserably. We fall into a sin. We do this. We do that. It's a mess. And then we realize, oh, I need you. But the person who's striving, works, and abides, we're in the same house, we're in the same home, is asking for God's graces throughout the day. God, right now, I know I'm going to have a difficult meeting today. So God, I'm asking you right now to give me the graces before I walk into that conference room with my boss. I need your graces for patience, for love. Fill in the blank. But we don't ask for the graces. We say a bunch of things we should not have said. We are arrogant. We, 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 we regret what we've said. is because we haven't asked for the graces. And it's a failure. Right, right now, Lord Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, I need the graces right now, God, because I know that I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And I'm going home and I am going to be in my room alone, which means I'm going to pick up my phone and do some things that I should not be doing. Give me the graces. I'm going into battleground, battlefield. I need the graces, and I continue to ask the graces for the graces as I'm there. That means, God, I need you. God, we're of the same house. Not I leave him at the door outside of my room. I walk into my room, I close the door, and, oh, I'm chilling, I'm relaxing now. It's a recipe for disaster. The person striving and abiding knows their worth comes from God versus the world. Right? If I think about it, if I'm constantly striving, 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 working, 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 I want to prove my worth. I want somebody to say, hey, good job. Look at you. Look what you produce. Look at our company. Look how it's doing. You're awesome. You're great. That's arrogance and pride. That's because I don't know my worth. So I need you to tell me my worth so that way I can feel good about myself. 
But if I'm abiding with God, I know my worth. He proved it, how, worth, how much worth I have when Jesus Christ died on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he said to you and me, you are of infinite value. You're valuable. You're worth a lot. Amen? Yes. But if I need my boss and my spouse and my in-laws to tell me my worth, so I have to work really hard so they can tell me what a great job I've done, that's striving. It's not abiding. And finally, the person striving and abiding confesses their self-reliance when they fail rather than condemning themselves. We fall. Again, we didn't ask for the graces. We fall miserably, and then we say, I'm so bad, I'm horrible, I'm a disgusting person, I'm dirty. God, you hate me. If I'm striving and abiding, I don't do that. That's me striving. I need to be better, 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 even in my spiritual life. But somebody who's striving and abiding, even if they fall, they say, yeah, I did it alone. I failed because I did it alone, and that's why I failed. I didn't ask for your graces. I didn't ask for your help. So I know you love me. I know you're merciful. I want to do better, and I'll do what I need to do to be better, but it all comes from you and your grace because I need to abide in you. We're of the same family. So brothers and sisters, we just sit here today, and we make this decision. Am I just striving, or am I striving and abiding? Because when we strive and abide, we'll see God face to face on the final day, on judgment, and we'll say, God, I have nothing. But I can tell you what we've done together. Amen?